Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Michael, and I'm glad you're listening today. We're finishing up a little mini-series called Immersed. It's focused on baptism, and today is the third and final installment of that series. You'll want to listen to the message entitled, Baptized Again. Today's conversation centers around Acts chapter 18 and 19. It focuses on two characters of scripture who both had a categorical shift in what they did in response to that. I'm excited for today's conversation. It was a really good one. We got personal and shared some stories. As always, I'm joined by Taylor Weaver and our very special guest, Danae Sanji. My name is Danae Sanji and I work at 88.3 The Journey, kind of a long time back and forth member here with Keen yes. in the university. So uh, this is where God wants me. So mm-hmm. I never thought I'd end, still be here, but <laughs> <laughs> praise God, wherever he wants you is where you want to be. Today is no stranger to Elevate Retake. If you've been listening for a while now, you might remember last year, she was the original host of Elevate Retake and her thoughts and insights have propelled us forward. And she has been a huge help to make Elevate Retake, what it is today. That's right. Yes, yes. And then That's Danae fitting. gave me some wisdom. To no, you have your own wisdom. But yes, <laughs> uh, yes, it was great to, to be a part of getting this started because conversation is where it all starts anyway. So I'm excited for this conversation. Let's dive in. Well, this was an awesome sermon. Um, definitely... Definitely one that I think the one that I was the most excited about because it was about rebaptism, which is kind yeah. of what got this whole sermon series started. Yep. Um, but I will say what stood out to me was I was recording the um, intros to our, well, to your sermon, like the message. Before, yeah, yeah, the message before we post it. And I was looking at the key scripture that you gave me and I was like, oh, this is great. And I like, you know, I had read through and already listened to the sermon um, on Sabbath morning. And whenever I saw that the key scripture that you gave as kind of like the teaser right before people are going to listen to the message, it was Acts 19 verses five through seven. And I'm not going to lie. I was I was kind of confused. I was like, oh, wow. This is an interesting like thought to start out. Like what was, I mean, maybe I should read it first, but that was my initial thought was like, oh, I feel like that was kind of different from the message. And I like that because it's a good teaser. But um, it's Acts 19, verse five through seven. And it reads, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on him, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. And I liked that because I didn't focus on that in the message. And Mm. so hearing that starting out the message, I was like, oh, that's the key to everything. Mm -hmm. And we kind of like went all around it, but then that was at the heart. But I thought that was interesting that you picked those verses out of like all of the ones we talked about. Could you kind of tell me? (laughs) I was, cause that like, that piqued my curiosity. I was like, wait a second. I think, I mean, the, the reason I, I chose those is I think that's the the heart of the passage is that there's a group of people hearing about who Jesus is and about who the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. They're convicted and then Paul baptizes them. 
And so that's kind of the the the, the crux uh, of that message. And this was a hard message too, because there was there's kind of there's two different sections of scripture that go together. Yes. And to kind of weave through into introduce you to Apollos and talk about him and Priscilla and Aquila. And then also to say, hey, there were some other people that had a different experience, but the same experience. And I think that might be why I like kind of took me back because I was so focused on Apollos that I was like, oh, it's all about him. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, wait a second. Like yeah. we need to think about like the real meaning of being baptized in the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. that's what you kind of redirected to. But yeah, it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, oh, it's going to be about Apollos and how enthusiastic he was. <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, oh, oh, okay. So I liked that initially. I love it. I, love it. I know that rebaptism was definitely um, heavy on my heart. And the idea that all you had to say was yes, mm-hmm. that, that hit me because I came in to church thinking, all right, I'm going to get the answer. Like, this is going to be the Sabbath (laughs) that I get the answer. And it was cool to just hear you say yes, because on one hand, I was like, it's really that simple. I've been fighting with myself about, um, you know, personal spiritual battles and where I'm at. And I've been looking to others for an answer. And I looked mm. to you for an answer. <laughs> and you were like, no, 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 no. I gave this you a non-answer. This is between you and God. But it was an answer. It was just like, no, yeah. focus on you and God. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of scary, but I liked it. Yeah. Danae, what did you what did you take from Man, I'm trying not to jump into everything. No, jump because... in. That's what I want. <laughs> no, like to like go to the end. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so rebaptism has never been something that that I have felt convicted to do. I was baptized mm-hmm. when I was nine. I remember mm-hmm. um, at the church that I was at in Ohio, Kettering College. Oh, wow. okay. Um, I got baptized in that church, but mm-hmm. only after a friend of mine had been baptized and then they had they, they you can't do this now but uh people would line up i love this mm-hmm. they had the baptismal tank down in the front and you would line up and all the friends and family instead of just standing they would come mm-hmm. by and they would hug the wet person oh that's so cool. That's you so would cool. yes and i remember going back to my seat and i was wet and i started crying mm-hmm. and then i knew i knew i wanted to be baptized i'm gonna get emotional now <laughs> but um so but i've come across people that i'm very close to mm-hmm. That every time they learn something new about God, they want to be rebaptized. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because mm-hmm. I'm not in charge of somebody else's convictions. Uh, for me, obviously, I'm not nine anymore. <laughs> and I have grown a lot since then. In fact, my rebellious teenage years were very much in between nine and now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> my, like but my friend that I went to Israel uh, recently with my husband before this whole COVID thing happened, we traveled mm-hmm. with like 80 different people oh and we came to the Jordan River mm-hmm. where Jesus was baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm currently reading through the Desire of Ages right now. And I'm reading that part where John is out there baptizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, that f- kind of fits right into uh, the sermon here. Um, and there were many pastors mm-hmm. that got rebaptized on wow. that trip. Because they wanted to re-consecrate themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm th- sitting here thinking, I'm probably never going to be in this place ever again. Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to be rebaptized? Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, me personally, um, I, I chose not to. But I talked a little bit to those who had. 
And I, I really appreciated what they shared. First of all, first and foremost, mm-hmm. Pastor Michael is right. It is definitely something that is between the person and God. Maybe yes. there's a personal internal struggle with pornography. Mm-hmm. Maybe there has been past abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there has been a renewed decision that you are so excited about in your heart that you know you have to, it's busting out somehow. Mm-hmm. And rebaptism seems like the answer. Maybe you were baptized at a very young age and it was peer pressure. Maybe you were uh, maybe you had Bible studies in your class at school, and that's just what everybody was yeah. doing. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think God honors that marriage promise to him Mm -hmm. in baptism the same way either way. But there's something really special about God calling you into the river. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, Saying, hey, uh, you – the first time that you did this, it wasn't necessarily uh, your choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, it was. But I'm calling you to a new – a renewal of a new way of living Mm-hmm. And in your spirit, he'll he'll tell you. Yeah. So it should never be something that a pastor tells you. It should be something. Mm-hmm. And I'm really close to somebody who personally struggled with this. And mm-hmm. when they were at the Jordan, and they got baptized, and that that after getting rebaptized, mm-hmm. they f- they just feel a weight off mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And even That's though amazing. I even though I don't understand that, I respect yes. that, and I'm excited for them. And and I've been watching them grow since then. And I'm just like, yeah. this is great. Yeah. One of the things I emphasized a lot in the message was how personal baptism is. Yeah, there's a general call in scripture uh, to be baptized and to understand the significance of that. Baptism is is very, very personal. And I think it's important to spend some time thinking if, if you have been baptized, maybe it was a young age, what the significance of that and maybe how you today might be reimagining what that significance means to you. And there's others of us who have maybe gone through a categorical shift in our belief, or maybe there's uh, a particular addiction or an action that you've done that you feel has, has marred the image of God in you. And that through rebaptism, you are wanting to be remade and to be made new. But I think we shouldn't just pass off our young baptism if we've had one without first thinking about what went into making that decision. And ultimately, baptism is between you and God. And it's a special moment. And it's a proclamation of the gospel to the people that watch you be baptized. It's a representation of you being raised to walk in a new life. Danae, while you were talking about like your time at the Jordan and just how you felt so happy for others, but you just, you know, you knew in yourself like, oh, well, that's not for me and that's okay. That even just hearing you say that, it made me like go back through the verses in Acts um, 18 towards the end and just talk, like hearing Pastor Michael, you preach about Apollos and how he was so enthusiastic. Then he gets almost like kind of corrected, mm-hmm. but then he's even more enthusiastic, yeah. but he still doesn't feel like, oh, because of this new thing, I need to do something yeah. because he was confident in his yeah. relationship and that's all that mattered. Yeah. And I don't know what it was like, Danae, you saying something that just made me like, oh, 
I feel so much more comfortable now. Good. Yeah. It was it was kind of like an odd feeling, but I was just like, there's no pressure. Mm. There's no anything. And not that I not that like I'm saying the church puts pressure or it's more like a personal pressure. Yeah. It's but, a yeah. It's a calling. Yes. And it has to be for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's a personal calling on your heart. If you um I always tell I always tell people like they'll they'll ask me, what should I do mm-hmm. about this particular instance? And I'll and I'll be like, okay. If I tell you what to do, like that may be comforting to hear, mm-hmm. but it's not going to create roots in you no. unless the yeah. Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. speaking to you. Right. So I try actually in those conversations to, if somebody comes up and asks, should I be rebaptized? Mm-hmm. Like if you were to ask me that, I would say, so tell me more about what is bringing this on and just trying yes. to try to turn it around so that you can tell yourself mm-hmm. the answer. Yeah. I think yeah. that's probably... That's what I, I try to practice a lot, you know, because uh, pastors get a bad rap all the time that they're just trying to, you know, get people wet or yes. uh, like <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. write down names just, on a registry so yeah, that they, list. they like, oh, list them, right? Man. And I, anytime that somebody wants to, to to be baptized, it's like, tell me your story. Like, what's what makes yes. that special for you? And rebaptism too. I try not to put any pressure on someone, but mm-hmm. to ask questions, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And if that's a conviction that somebody has in their heart, mm-hmm. when would you like that to happen? And we'll facilitate that for you. So I'm like, I'm like holding my horse back here because yeah. <laughs> I want, I would love to talk more about that, but I want to talk more about. I think the key to all of this is a reliance upon the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit in our lives, we don't know how to walk. We don't know how to live. We don't know how to breathe. As we rely upon the Holy Spirit, we come to an understanding of where we are. I think God cares about us. He cares about our actions and our feelings, and He cares about your baptism and your rebaptism. Being baptized or being rebaptized is not about what other people think about you. It's not about uh, them pressuring you or anything that has to do with somebody else. Baptism is between you and God. And ultimately, it's for the purpose of showing others what God has done through you. So if you're on the fence in the middle and maybe somebody's putting a little bit of pressure on, politely ask that they lay off and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. In it, the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you through somebody else and you've got to lean in to that. As you walk with the Holy Spirit, you'll begin to recognize his voice. In others, in your Bible study, in prayer, to the people that care about you. love to talk more about that, but I want to talk more about um, what happened afterward mm-hmm. and the, okay. men- the mentorship aspect of that. Mm. Can we talk about that? Because I was really yes. excited when yeah. I heard that part of the message. So tell me what you got out of that. Out of, out of the mentorship between um, Apollos and, sorry, I'm going to yes, get, get Asil- the Yes, uh, Asilla. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you tell him dyslexic? Yeah. Aquila and Priscilla. Priscilla. Yes. yes. So I really liked that because... I and I know that we've got like kind of like dappled in this in some previous episodes. I say that a lot about some of the things, but just because like okay, just <laughs> well, it's so you all know, like to we're getting connected. yeah, yes, we're yes. getting back into it. Yep. Um, but sometimes it is easy. I feel like at least in the generation that I've been in in the church, it's easy to feel the pressure from those older and wiser than us mm. of you're doing this wrong or you're believing this wrong. And so the open and fresh perspective of 
just like the loving, like how how loving and understanding they were of like nobody understands everything mm-hmm. and we're going to help you in that way. That's what stood out to me like mm-hmm. but I even though I don't understand, I feel like oh my goodness, there's so much about the Bible I don't understand, but if I could help somebody in that way, like it doesn't matter your like how much you do versus you don't understand of the Bible that you can help someone in their path and then they can in turn help you. Yeah. That's what I got from that. Yeah. And just like a teamwork thing, not yeah. anybody looking down on anybody because oh, he doesn't Right, and we we live we live in an, in the age of comparison and condemnation, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. and so I think that um, you have to be in a good place with God to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. So I like mm-hmm. how you said, you know, it doesn't matter how gray your hair is or how many yes. how many numbers you're old, <laughs> yes. uh, but um, people who are are humble. <clears throat> what's the phrase? It says. Um, you know, I first of all, I want to know that you love me mm-hmm. before I'm really going to care about anything you have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's this phrase that I uh, that I say sometimes I say it on the radio, um, and it has to do with humility. And of course, it's escaping me right now. Oh, <laughs> God can't use somebody who's constantly trying to humble somebody else. Oh, mm. so if if you don't understand something about the mm-hmm. Bible, Taylor, the the Somebody who is going to take the time to care enough. And I notice how how I feel like Satan keeps those type of people very busy (laughs) so that they don't have time to notice people who they could take under under their wing. Mm -hmm. And I think that we also make the mistake of thinking we have to recreate ourselves in somebody else. Mm -hmm. God has a very beautiful path for you. It might not look the same as as mine. So I shouldn't be offended if you don't take every single piece of of my advice if Mm -hmm. I were a mentor. But I really like the willingness of Apollos. Yes. To willingness mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. Uh, to not to to keep trying, even though you don't have it all together. That's hard to do. Yes. Yeah. And it's also hard to be humble enough, even though you have a lot of wisdom. And I think sometimes we we think we know enough and we're like like you said mm-hmm. looking down on somebody else yes mm-hmm. and especially as a as a, a pat so my husband's pastor and i try to like when i'm out in the you know at the grocery store or whatever it's mm-hmm. definitely not something that i'm just like telling people about because it comes with a, a persona that i i don't yeah. necessarily want people to feel you know judged and i hate that that's mm-hmm. what happens a lot of the time yeah but mm-hmm. i love the mentorship attitude and some people who should be mentors are so humble or mm. so busy that they don't put themselves out there to yeah. to be that. And there yeah. are there are young when I say young people, I mean young Christians. You mm-hmm. can be 90 years old and be a young Christian. Hungry for somebody to just sit down and have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. So in my show prep uh recently, I've tried to emotionally connect with almost every story I talk about, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do. Yes. Uh, I'd rather just read a paragraph and regurgitate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've started to click on the pictures and oh, then wow. go and watch the video, even though I know it's going to mess with my emotions. Mm-hmm. But then I talk about it differently. Yeah. And I think we like the idea of paragraphing people. Yes. We're like, mm. here's a paragraph totally. that you should know. Yeah. Instead of getting face to face with that person, mm-hmm. mask to mask, screen yes. to screen, whatever it is, <laughs> yes. and entering into uh, 
the emotions of that person and finding out where yeah. they're at because that's how they know they're loved. So yeah. as I connect with the pictures and the videos in my show prep, I think it's very similar show prep, you mm-hmm. know, Bible prep, yeah. mentor prep yeah. uh, for somebody who who wants that, who doesn't want to have a wonderful conversation with somebody. That's something that I miss about seminary, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Does that is that sound like right to you, somebody who approaches you with the intent to get to know you, mm-hmm. to care about your name, to not feed you a paragraph of the right things to do? Yes. Um, just like Aquila and Priscilla were like, hey, you know what? They don't have it all right, but I don't need to sit back here and talk about that over no. over supper Mm-mm. and just be like, let them grow up a little bit. How about you step into their life? Yeah, yeah. And I like how the Priscilla and Aquila, they, uh, when they heard it, they took Apollos aside. Yes. You know, and it's not a public shaming. No. It's a, hey, come on over to our house. We care about you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they didn't disagree in front of the whole church and no. draw attention to it? <sighs> Absolutely. They did not. <gasps> Whoa. Mm-hmm. And I like the, the, the kind of semantics that are used here as well in that they explained, uh, let me see, uh, where is it? They explained to him the way of God more accurately. Mm. They didn't explain it to him 100% accurate or the most accurately. They explained it to him a little bit more accurately. Mm. And I think that that's kind of, I think the trajectory of our relationships with God is we come to a more and more accurate understanding. Not that our previous understanding was maybe inaccurate, Mm -hmm. but now we've come to a more accurate understanding. And I think we need to be a little bit more gracious with each other yes. um, because I can be extremely convicted mm-hmm. that um, a dairy product should never enter my body. <laughs> yes. And I can be talking with someone who's like, what do you mean you don't have protein at your meals? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can I can lay into them on that or I can say, hey, like this is just how I have chosen to fuel my body yeah. and what I believe God tells me to You're do. You're like, let's talk about lentils. <laughs> no, but yeah. no, but I really like that point because, um, okay, I'm going to use the, the b- basketball. Mm-hmm. So um, I was really into sports in high school. I was always a part of those teams. And um, my coach, you know, I always wanted to impress my coach. In yeah. a sense, we'll call that the mentor here. Mm-hmm. But um, when my coach would watch us practice and have feedback for us if my coach had had given me all of the feedback that they saw i needed at one time it mm. would have discouraged me and i oh, would have yeah. gone the other way mm-hmm. yeah honestly i think that's our biggest mistake yeah. is we're not we're worth we're giving people what we believe they need we're correcting them we're mentoring mm-hmm. them but we're giving them too much at one time yeah and so like like you had just read right here, they they redirected a little bit and said, you know what? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's going to take care of the rest of that. This is what I feel convicted to share. Mm-hmm. And so that people don't get discouraged uh, because yeah. it's like drinking from a fire hydrant for people sometimes because they have so many underlying things going on and they have to fit. They have to fit everything into their lives. And so yeah. I think I think that's the one big danger of being a, a of wanting to be a mentor mm-hmm. yeah. is to give too much at one time thinking check mark mm. yeah i think i relate that to manure and follow me in this no no, no. <laughs> i'm gonna know exactly where you're going with this pastor michael so, you know you th- if you follow the analogy of mm. when we're mentoring mm-hmm. somebody else we're really mm-hmm. just sharing with them the digested gospel mm-hmm. and <laughs> and you know a little bit of manure on a field 
will help fertilize a field incredibly. But if you dump all the manure you have in one spot, you just end up with this big stinky mess. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to take it further. So when I was in school here, we were at Evans Hall, which no longer exists. Yeah, no. <laughs> we were all sitting in there and the, the the speaker came up and said, whew, it stinks in here. Um, and he was like, so uh, Adventists or Christians, whatever, when they're all in one place, they're, Christians are like manure. That's what yeah, it says. Yeah. When they're all in one place, they stink. But when you spread it out, it helps everything Whoa, grow. And what you just said, wrote, said, you know what? Maybe it's the same way, but like individually. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. too too much religion, too much uh, study, and not application doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Definitely the application. Yeah. And a hundred percent application with no study is uh, not quite cheap there grace. either. Yeah. 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 I think one of the scariest things in life to realize is that someone looks up to you. That there is someone out there that sees your words, hears your words, sees your actions. And those influence their life. It's scary, right? That someone else might follow after you and try to better their lives because of your example. So how do we handle that? What makes us ready to mentor somebody else? I think it has a lot to do with the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's through the Holy Spirit that we live and breathe and have our being. And as you're raised to walk in a new life, The Holy Spirit takes on a role of counselor and guide by the side. So you got to make space in your life for that. Looks like turning to God in your moments of of questioning which way to walk. In your decision making, in your everyday life, who do I need to connect with? God will let you know. I was in, um, what was it? I was a senior at Southwestern Amos University. Okay. I was about to graduate. Go to seminary, be a pastor, like all this kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to an underclassman who was also a theology major. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, ah, I don't know like if I should be a pastor or not. And I was like, well, tell, mm-hmm. me, tell me more about that. And he's like, well, I kind of want to um, be... I don't even remember what it was now. He's he's now a pastor. So you, yeah. there's, here, here's the end of the story, the spoiler already. But he's like, I want to be X, Y, Z, whatever. And I was like, okay, so like what what makes you want to do that? And he kind of this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, well, what makes you want to be a pastor? Oh, this, that, and the other thing. And through our conversation, he comes down to telling me, I really feel God's calling me to be a pastor, mm-hmm. but I don't see the ability to financially support my family mm-hmm. by being a pastor. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I, I, I said something or asked a question to kind of make him reevaluate his, his values of mm-hmm. like, is money really going to be the thing that drives what I do in life? Mm-hmm. And I think I said something along the lines of, don't you think God will take care of you? Um, even if you're following his calling, don't you think God will take care of you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and left the conversation, went to class, like totally forgot about it. Three or four years later, wow! <laughs> he comes back to me. We're at a, we're now colleagues in the mm-hmm. in the conference. Mm-hmm. He comes back to me. He says, "Thank you. Like you have that. no idea mm-hmm. what that that conversation meant to me." I really like oh. how you didn't even remember what you said because yeah. that means it wasn't your words. <laughs> yeah, oh. and I think that's that's good. You know, we shouldn't always remember. Because yeah. sometimes it's God speaking through us. That yes. was such a great example. That thank was you for a really good thank example. you for sharing that. We never know what we say and don't say uh, mm-hmm. that can be used by the Holy Spirit. 
It can to, have an impact yes. that we can't even yes. imagine. But we have to be spending that time with Jesus every day yeah. in order to get yeah. to that place. You can't just yeah. expect to step into the assembly line, mm-hmm. for instance, at a fast food restaurant and fast mm-hmm. food serve Jesus to people. Yeah. Yes. It definitely has to be intentional. You have to yeah. be a chef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to bring us back to the text, I think that, yes. that that point is so important. What The defining knowledge for Apollos and the 12 Ephesian men was an understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so for Apollos and the, the 12 Ephesian dudes, there's likely the idea of like, oh, like I get it. I've got to go out and do all of these things. Mm-hmm. God invites us to be. Mm-hmm. And when our lives are led and directed by mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, there's no better place to be mm-hmm. because our relationship with God and our reliance on the Holy Spirit for our strength is the only we, way we make it through this day. I can explain mm-hmm. what it feels like when you're going against the Holy Spirit, because I think this is a mm. good thing to recognize. Yes. Um, I was previously engaged to somebody else, and I left Adventist University, and I went to live in Hawaii, paradise, mm. right? I went to Hawaii Pacific University. I lived on Waikiki Beach, mm. and I would wake up in the middle of the night, and I was living in a studio apartment with like three other people and I would uh, wake up and I would just feel this heavy pressing on my chest. Um, Not necessarily a physical thing, Mm -hmm. but just stress. And I would just cry, but I couldn't cry out loud. So I just, (sighs) you know, lean up against a wall because I was so stuck where I was at. I didn't see how it was possible to leave. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't strong enough to leave, mm-hmm. but I knew that something had to be done. And then I remember I'd wake up early and I'd leave the apartment before anybody else woke up and I'd go downstairs to the common area and there'd be down there, there'd be, you know, uh, I always like the the Asian people, they were doing their um Yoga? Chi and yoga in the morning. And I would just like join them, but I'm just like praying, you know. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I don't know what needs to happen, but I am miserable and I live in Hawaii and there's something wrong here. Um, And anytime anybody would ask me, I'd be like, oh, um, I'm from California, but most recently I went to Southwestern Adventist University. And I noticed that that was always what I went back to. So anyways... Hmm. Long story short, God God allowed a small disaster to happen in my life. And so sometimes we need to pay attention when those those small disasters happen because it could be God giving you an opportunity to leave a situation you know you need to leave, mm-hmm. to leave mm-hmm. a habit behind that you know you need to leave. Mm-hmm. So I did. I uh, uh, This small disaster happened, and I left and, and with my mom drove from California here to Texas – I was saying, I hope you didn't drive from Hawaii. No, no, no. We we had flown back and it was on Christmas break. And my grandma said, Danae, she lived in Tennessee at the time, come with me. Just And she didn't even know what was going on. She was just mm-hmm. like, get in the car with Grandpa and I. We'll drop you off on South, at Southwestern on our way back to to Arkansas. Wow. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I can't do that. I, I have to go back to, you know, Hawaii. But something in me was just hurting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's just a, an example of a real-life example. And it took a year. It took a year and a half to actually take a step 
away. But I prayed for an opportunity. I said, Lord, um, break my heart because I think this might be the only way I can leave this situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did. And then I said no to my grandma. She left. And then a week later, I followed her in my car uh, with my mom and arrived here in the biggest ice storm that I've ever seen in Texas. Mm. Um, It was in like 2007 or something. And then I had peace. And then Mm. I wasn't miserable. Now, notice Hawaii and ice storm. Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> wherever, different. wherever God Polar wants to opposites, be. maybe. Polar opposites, yes. maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think mm-hmm. it's just as important to recognize when the Holy Spirit is saying no as much as it is when the Holy Spirit is saying yes. Yeah, that's mm. true. That's it's hard. True. It's a lot harder, yeah. like, you know. It's harder, and I think today in today's age, because there's so much available to us, yes. um, that a lot of our job as a Christian is is um, is saying no to a lot of things, but yeah. it's so we can say yes more often mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah. a it's an unfortunate spiritual practice, which is the problem with the pr- with the prosperity gospel, which mm-hmm. is you know saying yes to everything, and the Lord is just you know going to bless you. But I've noticed yeah. that I don't grow spiritually when I do that. No, I grow spiritually. When I learn that word, yes. and I can use it in a positive way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think That's Dallas so Willard puts it as uh, one yes is a thousand no's. Mm-hmm. Saying yes to one thing is saying like no to that. a thousand other yeah. things. Wow. Yeah. That kind of makes it harder sometimes. <laughs> Aquila and Priscilla said said no to pride. They said yes. no to busyness. No to, uh, you know, we're, we're important. Yeah. And yes to, hey, Here's here's a little dude who could use. Um, I mean, he wasn't little, but yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, he he. Uh, I don't think any less of him that Mm-mm. he doesn't know what I know. Yeah, and I'm going to take him under my wing mm-hmm. and and uh, just love on him a little bit, wanting the best. It's not about correcting; it's about loving. No, yeah, yeah. being understanding that not everybody is going to be at the same level, and that's okay. That's actually better. Yes, it's yeah. called being different parts of the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, this episode went in all kinds of different directions, but I think all in line with what the Holy Spirit wanted us to say. We shared a little bit of our hearts today and opened up and uh, told some stories about how God is moving in our lives. And maybe, just maybe, God's been talking to you. Holy Spirit's been reaching out to your heart. We want to make space available for you. If you'd like to talk to someone, send us a voice message or send us a DM links in our description. We want to be here for you. We're so thankful that you're a part of this listening community and we couldn't do this without you. As always, thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of Elevate Retake.